Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, June 11th. I'm Jonathan All in for Wayne Pratt. St. Louis Alderwoman Tina Peel of the 17th Ward campaigned on a vision for more equitable development. Now she's one of several new city leaders changing the way the city uses tax incentives to do business with developers. This is a huge step, historic I believe. One of the things I wanted to do, this is systemic change. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports on that story. Governor Mike Parson is warning of big budget cuts without an agreement on a critical tax that funds Medicaid. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on whether lawmakers will go into extra time to deal with the issue. Lawmakers failed to extend a tax that places like hospitals pay that helps fund Medicaid. Without legislative agreement, Parson says he'll have to withhold money from other things in the budget to make up for the tax not passing. There's no doubt we're going to walk in here with some sort of a plan in place before I ever call a special session. I'm just, I've been pretty clear to that to everyone, to leadership, to the members. You know, look, if we don't have some sort of compromise or some sort of agreement, I'm not calling a special session, and that's, that's where we're at. I mean, clock's ticking. One of the big sticking points is whether any agreement should include language restricting taxpayer dollars from going to Planned Parenthood, are certain forms of contraception. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler is throwing her hat into the ring for a U.S. Senate seat. Hartzler announced her candidacy yesterday at a shooting range and firearms store in Lee's Summit. In her announcement, Hartzler used familiar Trump-era talking points, criticizing Democrats for their border policy, gun control measures, and pandemic restrictions. The extreme socialist left is taking our country in the wrong direction, and it's up to us to get our country back on the right direction. Hartzler joins a crowded GOP race to succeed Roy Blunt, former Governor Eric Greitens, Attorney General Eric Schmidt, and St. Louis Attorney Mark McCloskey are all candidates. Black faith leaders in the St. Louis region want their churches and congregations to be more in tune with the environment. Soon they'll take a bus tour to see sustainable buildings and irrigation and air quality systems. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. When the Reverend Roger Burden became pastor of New Northside Missionary Baptist Church, he looked for ways to cut costs. That led him to install solar panels to reduce the church's energy bill. Burden hopes his work to better the environment and a green bus tour this fall will encourage other black faith leaders to join the environmental movement. He says black clergy have been left out of the environmental conversation for decades, but their congregations suffer the most from health disparities. If people cannot breathe clean air, people aren't going to be around. And if people can't drink clean water, uh, you know, there's going to be all types of health related issues. Burden says clergy members will also focus on how illegal dumping and toxic waste sites harm communities of color. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois hit a milestone today lifting all capacity limits on bars, restaurants, businesses, and other venues. It comes nearly 15 months after the first stay-at-home order during the coronavirus pandemic. The Illinois Health Department says more than 68 percent of Illinois residents who are 18 or older have received at least one dose of the vaccine, and 51% of adults are fully vaccinated. Masks are still required on public transportation and in airports, schools, and hospitals.
leadership shakeup in St. Louis is driving big changes for how the city awards tax incentives. A mixed-use development in Midtown, known as City Foundry, is at the center of the new strategy to leverage development in the thriving Central Corridor in order to help other parts of the city. St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff went to City Foundry to speak with the alderwoman who renegotiated the tax incentive deal. Outside the city foundry, things are quietly coming together. Office tenants have started moving in, and a new food hall and grocery store will open later this year. But there's something bigger going on that you can't see from the outside. This development could be the first in St. Louis to include an equitable development fee. In this case, that means the developer will contribute nearly $2 million to the city's affordable housing trust. In exchange, the city is giving about $18 million in tax incentives for the project's second phase. This is a huge step, historic, I believe. One of the things I wanted to do, this is systemic change. That's newly elected Alderwoman Tina Peel of the 17th Ward. Standing outside City Foundry, she had talked about how she campaigned on her city planning background and renegotiated the deal once elected. Peel said half of the equitable development fee is slated for distressed neighborhoods on the north side and the other half for Forest Park Southeast, the neighborhood where she lives. It can help stabilize and provide an opportunity to long-term residents to stay in their homes. Because what's happening? Our taxes are going up. The deal also signals a larger pivot by the city to spread out the benefits of development more equitably across the city. For decades, the St. Louis Development Corporation, which oversees tax incentives, has focused on a strategy of incentivizing projects along the city's central corridor. At a recent meeting of the city's Tax Increment Financing Commission, longtime director Otis Williams argued it's still too soon to pull back on those incentives. Because we don't have all the money that we need to be able to correct all of the things that are wrong, we, we need those outside investors and we need to create a climate where those outside investors will come. But Williams is retiring at the end of the month, and incoming director Neil Richardson wants to rethink how the city does business with developers. Finding ways for us to work together to create an incentive model that actually drives economic growth for all areas of the city is the top priority uh, probably for me um, right now. Richardson says a new process would require accountability measures to be put in place. The new mayoral administration is also taking a harsher stance on tax incentives. Now, Well Pfeffer is the mayor's director of policy and development. He says it's time for a different strategy to revitalize the city. And one way to do that is by making sure tax incentive packages for developers have a stronger community benefit. And if a project contributes to these public goods, if it creates quality jobs, if it provides affordable housing, um, then, then there may be a, a role for calibrated incentives to play. But for a long time, the, the city has negotiated with developers with a bit of an inferiority complex. St. Louis University urban planning professor Sarah Coffin has studied the use of tax incentives in St. Louis. And she says the idea that concentrated investment in the central corridor would eventually trickle out benefits to other neighborhoods hasn't happened. Coffin says the city foundry deal shows the city can be more selective about the way it uses tax incentives along the central corridor. I mean, there's a lot happening now that if not that developer, there will be another developer who will say, you know what, I'm going to take that risk because the risk isn't as great as it used to be. Recent negotiations between city leaders and the city foundry developer got off to a rocky start, but now both sides consider it a win. 
Steve Smith, who heads the development, said in a recent meeting with the TIF Commission that he's excited to pilot the new strategy. We do agree and believe in the goal that we need to find a way for economic vibrancy in the Central Corridor to extend to areas where there's been underinvestment. A spokeswoman for Smith said he couldn't comment for this story because the deal hasn't been finalized. It jumped a big hurdle getting approval from the TIF Commission. Now it heads to the Board of Aldermen. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. Maria Altman edited that report. One more item before we go. St. Louis Public Radio is looking into racially restrictive covenants and deeds in the St. Louis region. In the early to mid-1900s, white homeowners and realtors commonly used these tools to keep black people out of certain neighborhoods. If you live in an old home, check your records. They might have clues that could help inform our reporting. Look through your real estate documents for restrictions on who can own it and live there. You can find more information on how to share those documents and your stories with us on our website, stlpr.org slash housing discrimination. The executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio is Shula Newman. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. We are a member-supported service of the University of Missouri, St. Louis. I'm Jonathan All, in for Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.